Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to Decoding HR Tech, a GGG Unleashed podcast with Amy Warren of Fama. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Amy's episodes, we'll reimagine everything you thought you knew about HR tech. Let's begin. All right, everyone. So I'm excited to have you joining me today on Decoding HR. And I'm Amy Warren, VP of Marketing of Fama Technologies. And Fama's online screening makes hiring great people easy. And you can find out more about us at www.fama.io. And today, I'm excited to have here with me Matt Burns. And we're going to be talking about everything that has to do with virtual reality and recruiting. So, Matt, thank you for joining us. And, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me. Any excuse to talk about virtual reality is a good excuse to have a conversation. My background, Amy, as you know, is I spent many years in the corporate world in HR, 15, in fact, and rose the ranks from an HR business partner through to a senior level HR executive, focusing a lot on digital transformations, cultural transformation, and in a world before the pandemic. Just before the pandemic, I finished an MBA, launched my own business, and in that context was working kind of the same as I was in the corporate world. I had a digital transformation consultancy, helping organizations identify technological solutions, rewriting processes, looking with data. And like a lot of organizations during the pandemic, we had to pivot. One of the ways that mm -hmm. we pivoted was into virtual reality. In 2020, posting a conference with Microsoft that saw 800 people come together, 400 of them were in virtual reality headsets. 60 speakers, all in virtual reality headsets. And at the time was the largest HR conference ever put together in virtual reality. So, I mean, it's funny what the pandemic does these days, a lot of the same stuff, helping organizations figure out how to use technology most effectively to address this new future of work. Yeah. You know, like one of my favorite stories is what you were saying about the pandemic, you bought three things yeah. and one of those things that you bought was a VR headset and here we are today, right? So it's amazing that some of the things that were essentially burst from the pandemic. And so, you know, you talked a little bit about like the biggest event in HR and virtuality. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if most listeners don't even know that something like that happened and that many people attended. In talking about that and just talking about recruiting in general, what are some of the top use cases that people are using VR for in the recruiting process? Like, I know that was a conference, but what are some of the other things that that you're seeing or even your clients are doing? One of the challenges we had with the conference is the same challenge I'm going to have answering that question. And it's because virtual reality is such a unique medium by which to communicate that unless you've had a firsthand experience in a virtual reality headset, it's really hard for me to tell you over a podcast what that feeling is like. But I'll do my best to try, Amy, because I, I think the question's a really good one. Think of virtual reality as the halfway step in between being in person and being on a Zoom call. You're not quite in the same room as the person, but you feel much more immersed in an environment, digitally speaking, with that person in virtual reality. So when it comes to things like recruitment, I would advocate for the use of virtual reality at any intersection point where you think the candidate experience would benefit from greater intimacy. Here's what I mean by that. Interviews. Interviews traditionally have been conducted face-to-face. -face. I've been in HR so long that I remember a conversation around, should we have interviews over, over Zoom? Or should they always just be face-to-face? -face? Yeah. We've now, of course, adapted yeah. to having Zoom interviews. The same conversation is going to emerge around virtual reality. And ultimately, I think what we're going to end up is an understanding that virtual reality actually creates 
different opportunities that are not present in a, in a Zoom setting, but nor are they present in a face-to-face -face setting in a lot of cases because you have the opportunity to create and replicate experiences and environments and opportunities with people in that space that can be very unique to the individuals. Amy, you and I could tour a museum together today and have a conversation about different works of art, and that could be part of your interview process if you were going to be the curator of this museum. We could have a conversation about going on the moon together and have a, a chat about you know, you're going to be a guide that's going to help students through a science center. There's different ways to use a technology to replicate real life experiences. So for recruiters, a really powerful tool. And it's funny because the last time you and I got together and talked about this was about 18 months ago. And when we had this conversation at the time, I hadn't yet used VR. And so I would listen to you talk about this. And since then, I have. And you're 100% correct. I think my recommendation for anybody that's thinking about introducing this or maybe they're hesitant to do it is go out, get something. So like the way that I did it was through games, right? So, you know, playing Lady Gaga's like saber game. I don't even know what it's called, but my nephews taught me it, right? It was the <laughs> best experience at Christmas last year. And then where I went from there was I actually have done virtual tours. And you're right. When you go in in VR and you're walking around in like a museum or you're exploring a place, like I even went and did a VR tour of a rental, right? So like a vacation rental unit. You get to experience mm -hmm. the space as it is. And I can only imagine putting this now into the recruiting process. Like you said, being able to go and experience a space with somebody like you're both actually there. It, it, it definitely is much more interactive than a Zoom, right? Not quite in person, but so much more closer to it to be able to have like a unique experience with somebody where you can connect in a different way. I would really encourage everybody. I'm sure you have some recommendations on what's the low level, low entry price point for people to go out and just try this in their personal life first. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of ways you can look at it. So from a personal use perspective, the, the predominant piece of hardware in the market is the Oculus Quest 2. It's owned by Meta. So for those, just to be fully transparent about that affiliation. And the unit right now runs about $300 US. And then, of course, it has different pricing based on where you are live in the world. So the price is actually a quarter of that of a smartphone. So when I think about how organizations of the future are going to outfit their employees and how we outfit our employees today, it's a laptop, it's a cell phone, it's a virtual reality headset. It adds a modest amount of cost to it, but enhances the ability for us to provide differentiated experiences. So we talked about differentiated experiences in the context of interviews. Let's say that somebody has joined the organization now. Now we're talking about orientation and onboarding, where traditionally that would have involved an in-person session, getting to know the office, meeting your potential colleagues, where's the cafeteria, the emergency exits, all the things that you would traditionally do in a normal office setting or workplace setting. And now that those experiences may occur five days a week, they may be hybrid. You may be a fully remote employee and you'll have members of your team that also fit into three different classifications, fully on-site, remote, and hybrid. How do you expect to create a hybrid work culture when you don't have everybody in the same place on a consistent basis? It's a question, Amy, I'm seeing on every major headline, yeah. whether it's Forbes or Inc. or HBR, people are all asking the same question. One of the answers to that question is virtual reality. Because one thing we haven't talked about is the incredible power that tool has to be inclusive. Anywhere in the world, regardless of people's social status, physical ability, ability to travel financially, you can pop on a headset if you have a Wi-Fi connection 
and a virtual reality headset, and I'm not trying to trivialize those privileges, but if you have those two items, you can engage in a immersive interactive session with anybody in the world. So we yeah. use it a lot for team meetings. We use it a lot for collaboration. We use it a lot for real strong and thoughtful problem solving. And that's how we've used it internally. When I think about recruiters building brand, building pipeline, this is an opportunity to socialize with potential customers, to interact with potential applicants, to build relationships with key stakeholders. The opportunity that you have to use this tool to bridge a physical gap that might exist is absolutely incredible. But to your point, it requires having had lived experiences that make that value proposition more accessible Right now, there are still a lot of people that are intimidated by the idea of a virtual reality headset. They don't know what to experience. They don't know what to expect. And I'm sensitive to that. But I would encourage those folks as you have just simply just to try it. Grab a headset of someone in your circle, family, extended family, friends. If you have access to even just watch a Netflix clip or a YouTube clip in virtual reality, it will give you the sense of how much more of a compelling medium it is. And maybe we can get into more why that's important going forward. But I just, I, I want to stress that point that really the biggest barrier to adoption here is just visibility and awareness. And I think one of the things to also emphasize too is there's zero technical capability that you have to have to do this. It is mm -hmm. amazing. You literally just put it on and it is so self-explanatory on how to use it and how to have, you know, like go do your tour, whatever it is that the the level of technology or experience or skills that you need, don't let that be a barrier. And I would just encourage everybody, take some 300 bucks out of your miscellaneous budget that you have, order it, send it to yourself. Like it's, it's that important to have this experience because Matt's right. Once you have this experience, you're going to, it's going to explode the possibilities for you and what you should be doing with it. And I think that that kind of goes even too with thinking about candidate experience and thinking about how competitive it is right now to find great quality candidates. This is something that has the ability to set you apart from other companies that your number one candidate could be interviewing for. So I don't know, Matt, if you have any direct experience, case studies or anything that you can share with the listeners on how this has positively impacted candidate experience. I know I can think about the ways, but sort of more practical applications of it. Absolutely. I think the easiest path to success here is think about the demographic that currently is immersed in virtual reality. And that tends to be your demographic under the age of 24 years old, just yeah. as, a, as a general rule. If I was a technology recruiter right now looking for full stack developers and I had a hard time finding them, I'd be going to all the major universities that I could and getting access to virtual reality interviews to developers. I would talk I to them that. in a, a communication medium that they're more comfortable with rather than mm -hmm. forcing them through our bureaucratic corporate process and then competing with everybody else doing exactly the same thing. I show right off the bat that we're different. We value you and we value technology and innovation in our organization. For a $300 investment for a full stack developer that I may have to compete with 20 other firms for. That's a perfect example of how I've seen organizations use it. The other area I've seen use it, Amy, is in the sales process. So we'd actually, as an organization, send the headset off to prospects doing our full demo, but doing it in a way that is completely unique. We're doing it in a virtual reality environment, giving somebody a completely differentiated experience. 
And in those cases, we've had a lot of success in bringing deals through to close. So those are two use cases that I've seen personally. There are lots more. And to your earlier point, when we start to put more people in these headsets, their imaginations will run wild and we'll see all sorts of cool iterations of what this could look like. And I love that because to me, this is a differentiator for if you're a smaller organization and by small, I'm talking 500 employees or less, and you're trying to compete for top talent against some of the bigger companies that are out there that have a great employer brand and you don't have that, this is your differentiator. This is what gets you to be seen by some of those top candidates in a way that maybe you wouldn't be able to be seen before. I think the one thing I want to kind of wrap up with here is what should people who are thinking about going into this, right? These are some of the questions that I I like to ask at the beginning, you know, hey, maybe I'm not that tech savvy. What do I ask? Is there anything that I need to be aware of as I'm starting to kind of get into this? Are there any resources that I can go to? Obviously, Matt, you're a resource in order to help people get from, hey, you know, I want to try this to I've tried it. I'm interested. Where do I go from here? What do I need to be aware of? It's a really good question. And I don't have a great answer because it's a market that's still very much developing. So virtual reality has been in existence for over 50 years, but its primary use cases have been in industries like defense, gaming, and not traditionally enterprise use cases. It's now coming into more of a popular state. What I've been using where I go to information is I subscribe to a number of publications that have a virtual reality recurring dialogue. So whether it's Microsoft and their mesh program, whether it's some of the other media publications, the ones you look at Forbes and HBR, I'm constantly scouring Google searches for what's happening in virtual reality. I'm also blessed with a network of people that I interact with that have visibility to more of the industry level information, either they sit inside of organizations and are having effect, or they have investments in other parts of the industry. So I've had those conversations. And then ultimately, I think it's in speaking with organizations that to your point are actually going through and applying and learning from these experiences, the people that are kind of that first generation, as it were, of pioneers in this space. We'll look back, Amy, 10 years from now and laugh, talk about how Virtual reality is just a common standard in the same way we'll talk about how mobile is a common standard. And 10 years ago, we were debating that relevancy. So it's it's very much a cool opportunity now to get ahead of this. I would encourage folks to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Matt in VR is my handle on LinkedIn. Find me on there. Um, and I think you'll be able to see more from me on that front going forward. I'm, I'm really passionate about this space, as you know, and looking forward to closing some of those gaps for folks that may be more interested in the use cases for their technology. So for everybody who's listening, you know, again, just double down, encourage you to try this, borrow a kid, the neighbors, just throw it on, try it for 15 minutes. And it's going to make the conversation that Matt and I are having today just that much more rich. So with that being said, Matt, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your thoughts on this. And, and I hope I have you on again in a year and maybe a year and a half, and we'll see where we are then, because this is just transforming so much of what we're doing in business with VR. So thank you. And for everyone, this is Decoding HR Tech with Amy Warren from Fama Technologies. And I'm looking forward to talking with all of you next time. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning about the future of HR tech. We'll be back next month with Amy for another episode. But until then, please check out Fama's website at fama.io. That's F-A-M-A dot I-O.
Until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans.